Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG. We're online at kpcg.fm, and we have a live link at thetrumpet.com. And if you can't catch our programming live, you can always find it online there at uh, kpcg.fm in podcast in podcast format or also at thetrumpet.com. Wherever you like to get your podcast, you can find us there. And that goes for all of the programming here on KPCG. Well, Christ set us a marvelous example, a perfect example of how to live and how to act, how to conduct oneself. And he would set the precedent. He would do it first and then teach us to follow him. And if we are Christian, we do have to follow Christ and do what Christ did. And when it comes to the Passover, Christ instituted symbols for the New Testament church. He instituted some new things that true Christians need to participate in today. Notice this quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong Bible Correspondence Course, which is free at thetrumpet.com. It says, On the evening before Jesus Christ's crucifixion, while he and his disciples were partaking of the Old Testament Passover lamb for the last time, Jesus gave some specific commands for his New Testament church. There are some specific commands that Christ gave and things that had to be followed by the Church of God. Notice this in John 13. We'll spend a fair bit of time in this passage today looking at one aspect of what Christ instituted. This is revelation from God. I mean, nobody did this before Christ did. Christ is the one that started it, and uh, it continues today. John 13 and verse 1, it says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And he certainly did. Verse 2 says, And supper being ended, the devil having put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he pours water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel wherewith he was girded. The Chorus mentions that in verse 2, the words, and supper being ended should properly be rendered and during supper. And that's the way it is in a number of modern translations. It says this washing of feet was not part of the Old Testament Passover. This was being instituted for the first time by Christ himself. So this was different than what ancient Israel had done. Christ was instituting something new here. This was, again, revelation from God. And Christ was showing them something, and he showed them by doing it himself first. He washed their feet. He washed his disciples' feet. Now, Peter didn't understand what Christ was doing. This was something that he thought was odd and that Christ shouldn't do, because this was a, a lowly task, and he thought, well, Christ shouldn't do that to me, shouldn't wash my feet. 
And so in verse 6 of John 13, it says, Then comes he to Simon Peter. Peter had been watching him for a while here, and now it was Peter's turn. And Peter says unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do you know not now? You don't understand this right now. He said, But you shall know hereafter. You'll understand it eventually, but, you know, right now you don't. Verse 8, Peter said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. Pretty bold. And, of course, Peter thought that he was doing the right thing there, and he didn't understand it. But he said, You will never wash my feet. And then Jesus answered him, If I wash you not, you have no part with me. Very serious. Christ said, If you don't, if you don't partake of this Passover service, you don't have any part with Christ. Christ was very serious about that. This, this is how serious the Passover and its New Testament symbols are. If we don't keep the Passover the right way, we have no part with Christ. He says that very clearly. If I wash you not, you have no part with me. So we cannot be true Christians unless we keep the Passover as Christ taught his disciples to. He set them an example for us to follow. And yet, most professing Christians don't keep the Passover. Why is that? Well, again, it's proven true. As Revelation 12 and verse 9 shows, Satan has deceived the whole world. A group of, a group of people, many, many people that consider themselves Christian, but they don't do what Christ did. You know, how can that be? Christ said, look, if you don't do this, you don't have any part with me. Revelation 12 and verse 9 shows Satan has deceived the whole world, including professing Christianity. They just simply don't do what Christ did, and they don't do what Christ told them to do. And that may be an uncomfortable truth for people, but it's right out of the Bible. So Christ was washing his disciples' feet, setting them an example. And we have to consider, of course, that washing feet was a very lowly task, it was the task that uh, was, was left to the lowest servants. The Course notes that since open-toed sandals were the customary footwear of the day, feet could become quite dirty. You know that if you've worn sandals in the summertime and uh, you go outside and it's kind of a hot, dusty day or something, uh, you're going to have pretty dirty feet <laughs> at the end of the day. That is what was common at the time. People would go around in that type of footwear and uh, would have very dirty feet. So washing of feet was something that would be done, but uh, again, by the low of the house. It says foot washing upon entering a house was considered a menial task, usually done by the lowest servants. And so here's Christ. He knows that uh, his disciples are really paying attention to him and what he's doing. And just before he's taken and scourged and crucified, he gets down and he washes their feet. And this, again, as we saw with Peter's example, uh, it was shocking to him. He thought, well, that, that's a job for a servant, a very low <laughs> servant at that. And, and he, didn't, he didn't feel comfortable with it. But Christ was teaching them a very valuable lesson. And, of course, as we read about it, we're being taught that same lesson today. If we have ears to hear it, 
Why did Jesus do this? Why did he institute the foot washing to be done during the Passover service? Well, let's continue reading here in John 13. And we'll start in verse 12. Christ said, You call me Master and Lord. So he's beginning to teach the disciples here what he's doing. He said, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. Yeah, he, he is the Master. He is the Lord. And a lot of people would profess that today and say, Yes, Christ is my Master. He's my Lord. Well, then notice verse 14. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He set the example for us. And this is during the Passover. Verse 15 says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Now we're getting down to the essential components of being a true Christian. He said, you should do as I have done. Verse 16, Truly, truly, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. See, do you want to be happy? Of course, I mean, we all do. We want to be happy. Well, here's how to be happy. He said, if you know these things, if you know to keep the Passover, if you know to follow Christ, if you know to keep the commandments of God and to keep the holy days and to support God's work, if you know these things, you're going to be happy if you do them. And of course, the opposite is true too. If we don't do them, then we won't be happy. And he was talking also here about a general attitude, a, a servant attitude. If we have an attitude of service and helping, as we'll see, we're going to be happy people. And if that's not our attitude, then we're not going to be happy. Pretty clear instructions here from Christ. And Christ came to this earth to serve mankind. He proved his service by giving his life and becoming our perfect sacrifice for repented of sins. He proved it. And there's no question. No question that Christ served us because he proved it. The correspondence course notes this. It says, A willingness to serve and help others is an essential part of every Christian's training to be a loving ruler in God's kingdom, where every ruler will administer God's government for the benefit of others rather than himself. We see this in Luke 22, verses 25 through 27. See, that's different than the way mankind rules today. If a person gets in charge, uh, they tend to lord it over others, and other people serve them. But in this case, Christ showed that in God's kingdom, every ruler will administer God's government for the benefit of others, will help others, will serve others. That's what Christ was doing, and it was so different. It was so foreign. It's not the way the world operates, because Satan's the god of this world. He doesn't operate that way. He operates the take way. He wants to take and to get, whereas God's way is to give to serve, to help. It's so different. Look at the Apostle Paul. He expounded upon this principle of service leadership. We can read this in Philippians 2. Philippians 2, and let's look at verse 3 to start. Again, this is Paul talking about the principle of service leadership within God's government. He said, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. 
Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. You know, look to see where you can help others and, and the help that you can give. Verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. See, that's the probably the memory part of that scripture where a lot of people memorize that. And it's a good thing to memorize. We need that mind in us. But what kind of mind is that? Well, it's this kind of mind that gets down and washes people's feet, has that service attitude, helps where they need to, benefits others by their actions, serves others. That's, that's the example Christ set for us. Verse 6 says, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and he took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. So he, he was God, of course, as you know. Christ was the God of the Old Testament, the Word. And he became a human being. Talk about taking a step down. There's no equivalent to that. I don't don't even know what the equivalent would be. I, going from a God to a man, that's, uh, that's about as low of a step down as this could be taken, but then even further than that, he went further, notice verse 8, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He laid his life down. He allowed humans, humans that he had created, to kill him and do it in a very gruesome manner. That's, That's service leadership, and it was for a purpose so that mankind could be forgiven of sin, physical sin and spiritual sin. Christ did all of that. That's the type of leadership that Christ displayed, that humility. The Course says the New Testament shows that Christ's apostle did serve, just as he did. You know, they did learn. And as he said to Peter, you don't know what I'm doing now, you don't understand it, but you will. And Peter did, he understood it, and he himself then served. They served, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then it says, history records that most of them also gave their lives in that service. They gave everything. They gave their lives. They followed Christ's example. Christ set this perfect example for us to follow. And again, that's the essence of being a Christian. It's living as Christ lived, and that's only possible with the power of God's Holy Spirit, of course. That has to be in a person after their calling and their repentance and baptism and laying on of hands of true ministry of God. Then uh, they can have God's Spirit and begin to, as it says in Philippians 2 and verse 5, have that mind in them, that mind of Christ. You know, the carnal mind is hostility towards God. It can't live like God. It doesn't think like God. So in order to think like Christ... And to have that mind, it requires God's Spirit. Notice John 13. Back in John 13 again, in verse 13, Christ said, You call me Master and Lord, and you say well, for so I am. Again, reiterating that point, he is, he is Master, he is Lord. And he says, okay, now, verse 14, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet... You also ought to wash one another's feet. And that's at the Passover. It's not every day or all the time or some sort of a ritualistic thing. It's, it's to teach a lesson specifically at the Passover and then to have that type of an attitude throughout the year, a foot-washing, humble 
service attitude. Verse 15, Christ says, For I have given you an example. You know, why did, I, why did he do this? Because he's giving us an example that you should do as I have done to you. Christ washed his disciples' feet, and he said, You wash other people's feet. You wash each other's feet. And those that God would call and would be worked with over the years and be in the body of Christ, and they, when they came to Passover, they had their feet washed. And, of course, the disciples who became apostles, they learned to operate God's government based on service. They learned how to rule with a service-oriented government, God's government. The Course says if Jesus is our Lord and Master, and again, a lot of people claim that, but if he is, then we also ought to wash one another's feet at the Passover service once each year and to have a foot-washing attitude, a willingness, and a desire to serve throughout our Christian lives. See, this isn't just a mindless ritual once a year. It's to teach us that we need to have this type of an attitude. It's a foot-washing attitude, which again is a willingness and desire to serve, to do whatever is required, whatever the task is. I mean, Christ served by washing feet. It was the lowliest job, or certainly one of the lowest. And he was willing to get in there and do it and to teach a lesson and to give us an example. So sometimes we do have service opportunities, and they're not our preference. <laughs> they're, they're pretty low as man would look at it. But this foot-washing attitude is one of a willingness and desire to serve, no matter what, no matter what the job. So... That's an attitude we need to be developing. That's the attitude that Christ had and does have. And then as we read there in verse 17, we will be happy. We're going to be happy if we keep God's commands and live as Christ did, including keeping the Passover the right way, the way that we should. See, all of these things, they make us happy. And the world doesn't have happiness today. You see a lot of misery and a lot of unhappiness, and people will say, well, why? You know, why are we unhappy? And they look for reasons, and, you know, in our modern society today, it's, uh, well, it's discrimination, right? They say, well, maybe you've been discriminated against, that's why you're unhappy. You're a victim, that's why you're unhappy. Well, Christ said, if we will do these things, if we will keep the Passover the right way, if we will have a foot-washing attitude, if we will obey God, if we will do His work, if we will let him direct us and guide us, we're going to be happy. We're going to be happy. It's the opposite way to the way the world thinks. The world thinks the more you get and the more you're served, the happier you are. But the truth is, the more we give, the more we serve, the more we help others, the more happy we are. And we all want to be happy. Christ said that. If you know these things... Happy are you if you do them. That's all the time we have for today on this edition of Live By Every Word. Thanks for spending some time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.